just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. <laughs> And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. We're, we're busy here. Welcome to the Robin Callie Show here on Talk Radio. We got radio a lot going NYC. on. Let me tell you. You, <laughs> you think you could do a radio show? We thought we could do a radio yeah. show. When dad's away, the kids will try That's to right. play. So our fearless leader, Sam, is not here tonight. So uh, I'm on the board and we are rocking and rolling. And our lovely guest, God bless her, is trying to get us on Facebook Live because our tip of our, the computer we tend to use has been on the, on the blink um, for the last uh, half hour, so we're going to try to resort to our good old-fashioned iPhones to make um, sure that we can see everybody. So we're still working on that. We invite it. We can try, or I can, we can hold it. We can just sort of be our own, you know. Maybe I could put my uh, my many years in the television world to to, uh, to good use and actually help you in a moment. Um, so welcome to the show. Yes, like Rob said, he is on the boards tonight doing double, maybe triple duty. Um, and... You know, I want to, there's something that I want to... What's up, Callie Alpert? Yeah, How hi, you doing? Take hi, a deep breath. Doing, Everybody take a deep doing. breath. Hi, everyone. Oh, we've got a big uh, crystal in the it's, foreground. It's really good. Yeah. So we're all here. All right. Everybody's we'll get, here. Look at you. Look at our lovely guests we're going to introduce momentarily doing... Uh, now she's she's hired to be one of our one of our tech roadies as well. So thank you for that. Um, so the one thing that, well, there's many things obviously going on in the world right now, but the one that's really on my mind is what's going on, um, the, the firestorm um, that's coming through the, via this Harvey Weinstein story. And everybody is impacted, and it's such a, I don't even know where to start. I'm still processing I know it. where to start. Okay, go ahead. You start, because you're better at being angry or quicker than me sometimes. Right. On behalf of men, I have, I have issues with getting, with getting in touch with my anger. I think. That's right. I'll I'll do it for the both of us. On behalf of men, I want to apologize to any woman who has ever been sexually harassed or assaulted. I've been on Facebook a little bit, seeing this Me Too hashtag, and mm -hmm. all the women yeah. that have been coming forward saying they've been sexually harassed or assaulted in their lives. Yes, and um, uh, um, a guy posted um, on Facebook that he was wondering if every woman he knew has been sexually assaulted assaulted or harassed. And so I just um, want to praise women for coming out and speaking up and speaking out and telling the truth about what happened and what's going on so that we can stop repeating this behavior in society. Thank you for getting that started because maybe you sure, have more objectivity on some level than I say. do. Uh -huh. I'm still, you know, I, so I um, actually met um, Mr. Weinstein very early on in my career. I didn't tell this story last week, did I? Am I being, okay, well, I'll, I'll just give you a quick did, version yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, so I was um, very early on in my television career and I was probably answering an ad out of like the New York Times or something. It was, you know, the 80s. I didn't have the resources. There was no internet and I didn't have any mentors to really help break me into the industry. So I was looking for administrative assistant jobs at companies that were reputable production companies. And I got an interview with him. It was just he and I in his office. And I, um, you know, did the thing, went through the requisite interview. Um, nothing salacious or... Um, 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 happened. And then at the very end of the interview, he looked at me dead in the eye and he said, almost accusatorily, you want to be a producer, don't you? As if me and, you know, as if me having aspirations was offensive to him, you know, and I got a flashback of that the other day. And then from then, like the whole flood of what's been going on, like you said, this me too thing and the my Har um, Harvey Weinstein um, you know, hashtag that everybody is contributing to is really, really, um, even to me as a woman, astonishing. Mm -hmm. And I have been sexually harassed um, at work. Um, I'm now looking for that person, by the way. Um, you know, there's so many different nuances to what happens to women. Um, my personal experience is not as extreme as a lot of other um, people's are. Um, it matters and it doesn't matter. Um, the damage is different and you can't measure that kind of thing. It's a very subjective experience. But the bottom line is unilaterally, this is unacceptable. And the fact that it's still going on and that this pariah did such a good job of and and collectively Hollywood and his friends and money did such a good job of harboring this secret in such a controlled way is is maybe I'm naive and I work in the industry astonishing to me 
you know? Um, and so I, that's why I'm still like, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of processing it. Right. Well, there have been so many articles about the, the comments that celebrities have made, Matt Damon, where he's coming out and saying that he's offended as a father because he has daughters. And then women were saying it's not about being a father or having daughters. It's a human issue. Mm-hmm. And then Tom Hanks had said something back when the Trump video came out and they were showing what he said back then. And he said he's not offended as a guy. He's offended as a, a human, human being. <clears throat> right. And it's a human being issue, which is something that we address on the show a lot. Yeah. It's about human beings. Right. Although, you know, I venture to say it doesn't happen in reverse. It, it, it does happen in reverse, but in a very um, disproportionate way. Um, but that's not to minimize the fact that it does happen um, to men as well. And yet, absolutely, uh, you know, what what kind of underlies all of this is is the idea of humanity or lack thereof and a sense of respect. And um, but that's oversimplifying it. It's it's complicated and it's bewildering and it's and it and it angers me and you know and a lot of people and the idea that almost every single woman that i know and facebook being one little gauge one microcosm of the bigger population that almost every woman i know is contributing to the me too posting is outrageous um and we need to figure out what to do about it this is 2017 it's never been it's never been excusable but especially now and again i just want to say i'm so proud of women i love women and I love when they speak up for themselves and use their voice. I love when any human being does that. But the fact that this campaign is running and people are speaking out, God bless them. Yeah, it's just um, the next thing is, again, what do we do? Right. Because now the fact that this is still almost like uh, the little, you know, the little crack that's um, exposing and giving a place for all of this to now sort of bleed out. Um, the fact that it still needs to, again, is just uh, amazing to me. Um, but then what do we do with it? You know, what do we do with all of this? I don't know. Well, it's just like anything, though. You need awareness in order to change something. And now people are aware. I mean, that guy who's been sexually assaulting his co-worker may think twice about it next week, you know, and, and think, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, I think it's it's going to be getting momentum with the awareness and then change, just like any change starts that way. It's a little bit, then a yeah. lot. And then all <clears> of a sudden it's a massive change. Not a minute too soon. That's the part that's hard to reconcile. But yes, better than better now than tomorrow. Yes. You know, I guess that's as good as we can do right now. That's true. So yes. what is segue we're going to yes. do? We're going to go from sexual yes. harassment to healing laughter. This yes. is going to be great. I had no idea this is what I was coming into. Here Nor did today. we. So I'm. So here's the thing. On the show, we keep it timely and topical, but we also have like a theme of the show. Mm-hmm. So maybe tonight some people need some laughs because of mm-hmm. all the seriousness going on. Mm-hmm. So let me introduce our guest tonight. Everybody... Um, our guest tonight is Ambujam Lakshmi, and she's a body-mind healer and teacher with over 25 years of experience in body work and intuitive healing. She's dedicated to transforming lives of hundreds with her unique methods such as laughter healing and her Lakshmi, Pro- Lakshmi Prosperity Workshops. Ambujam's techniques infuse light, awareness, and compassion to heal and unwind dark areas of pain and tension. Since 2005, Ambujam divides her time between an ashram in South India, focusing on doing inner work like prayer, meditating, bhakti yoga, karma yoga, and laughter yoga. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Um, giving workshops and also... There's stra- even goat yoga, but we won't digress. That's There's right. everything yoga, yeah. actually. That's right, yeah. There's probably Robin Kelly yoga. Um, well. <laughs> also traveling worldwide, volunteering her bodywork services for a large UN-affiliated humanitarian organization. She comes to New York City just a few times a year to offer individual hands-on healing sessions, Um and doing group and corporate laughter healing sessions. And she's going to give information about her time here and some of the events she has going on. So welcome to the show, Ambujam. Welcome. And what a beautiful name that I'm going to have to practice a few times. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you for you, being Callie. here with us. Thanks. So nice to meet you. So Thanks. it's so great to hear you. Am I supposed to wear these? Yeah, sure. Um, if, if you, you want, want to. to. Yeah, that way you can. Yeah, it'll great. help you. So it's so cool. great to have you on the show. The way that you and I met was my agent, Eileen, recommended... Okay, yeah, you don't need more. Uh, she recommended that uh, I have a session with you because she did a laughter session with you and said it was so great. And I think I was going through a little tough time, you know, maybe you? some spiritual work going <laughs> on. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I could use some laughter. 
And I went to a session with you and it was really helpful. So I think the, the first question to, to answer is what is laughter healing? So good we're, question. <laughs> loaded question, right? Yeah. I thought we were going to do something else first. So now I'm thrown. <laughs> okay. Well, it no, it's great. Throw. Okay. So, uh, it's relevant to the, oh, go ahead, go ahead, you go. Yeah, so laughter healing is basically um, using laughter as a tool to elevate, uplift, transform. Uh, but it started actually with um, an American journalist named Norman Cousins, mm. So who was... Uh, it was in the 60s. He was diagnosed with, I think it was the 60s, diagnosed with um, terminal autoimmune disease. And he was in the hospital and he was dying and he was in incredible amounts of pain. And he had heard that laughter is the best medicine. We all hear that laughter is the best medicine. And you might read it in some article and it says to laugh more. But, you know, that's as far as it goes. Yeah, we don't take it literally. Yeah, or so seriously. Yeah. So he realized if... If there's any truth to that, he had nothing left to lose. Mm -hmm. And so he checked himself out of the hospital and he went to a hotel with some comedies and he started watching comedies. So he found that, uh, what was it, 20 minutes of laughter got him two hours of sleep without pain. Wow. So he got that much relief. And after two hours, he'd wake up again in pain and then he would start laughing again, watching the comedies. And mm. then again, the cycle went on 20 minutes, got him two hours of pain relief. Um, was it immediate or was it accumulated? We're going to ask you to just talk a little closer to the microphone so we don't miss any of your valuable information. Until he actually healed himself completely wow. of his autoimmune disease. What is this? That means <laughs> that means two minutes before our next commercial, before our commercial break. That's oh, our two okay. minute water. Don't worry about that. Wow. We'll worry about okay. it. You just do your, do you keep doing what so, you're doing? Um, yeah. So he healed himself of his autoimmune disease and he wrote a book about it called Anatomy of an Illness. Mm. And that was the beginning of the awareness that started to come that laughter really is a medicine. Um, then years later in the 80s, um, there was a doctor, Dr. Kataria in India, who was writing a article. I keep saying, um, ha, ha, ha. I do it all um, the time, and I've been he, doing this for a He really was writing, um, um, time's up. I have many ums per and show, And he so was don't writing worry. an article about the, the, how laughter is the best medicine. He realized he's a doctor, and nobody's using laughter for medicine. So why not? So he tried to find a way to use laughter for medicine. Also, he had a lot of stress as a doctor, so he realized for himself he needed it. So he got together with some friends in a park in Mumbai and he tried to figure out different ways to bring laughter and they would tell jokes and jokes oftentimes get offensive and they realized humor was not actually the way and that they had to just laugh to laugh. Wow. So that's how laughter yoga started. And that was, how long ago was that? That was just... in the 80s, like 1985. And now there's like 7,000 laughter yoga clubs in the world. So... And yeah, so I just try to bring it more into a healing perspective to do more because I already am trained in all this mind-body healing um, and expressive arts technique. So I try to bring that to it. So I want to hear we're going to go to a commercial break. Um, and when we come back, we'd like to um, back more, you know, back into your story and really hear where um, how, you know, how you ramped up from where you started to being a uh, laugh, laughing healer practitioner. We'll be right back. <laughs> Aloha, Raphael. Aloha, ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 Tonight we <laughs> are just laughing already. Aloha. <laughs> Tonight we have Ambujam Lakshmi, who's a laughter healer on the show. And I mean, just the term, it's like, when do I you know. ever hear somebody say, yeah, I'm a laughter healer? It's such a, a unique so kind funny. of yeah. Thing. Your business card must rock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, how did you even find your way into that kind of healing? Well... I was so serious, so I needed to heal it. <laughs> did you grow up? So let's take you back so we can mm -hmm. get to that place. So how did, mm -hmm. did you grow up knowing the value of laughter or laughing a good amount not as a child? No, okay. not at so all. So let's, so tell us So about I that. grew up in a very serious um, religious commune, actually. And uh, 
Where? Very, very serious. I don't want to get into too many details. Okay. Let's just say it was very contracted. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks. Get some mic support here. Go ahead. You can keep going. Because um, I thought it was supposed to be straight across. So, yeah. So I grew up very serious, but I didn't actually realize how serious I was. Mm. What I did realize was how much pain I had. I, I grew up with a lot of uh, trauma and abuse and stuff. So I, you know, as most healers, it's the wounded healer syndrome that that pain leads you to greater compassion and to find solutions and to mm-hmm. help yourself first, which then you're able to help others. So um, yeah, I started doing healing at a very young age and 25 years now. So I was what zero? No, I'm just kidding. So uh <laughs> Yeah, so I was doing healing and massage body work for many years, and I had really amazing results with people. But I kept finding I would come up against kind of a plateau where people could only heal so much or I could only give so much healing to people without them needing to come into um, their own personal responsibility for their process and to do their own work. And that work starts with the mind. Because, you know, the body, you can relax the body as much as possible, but it will keep going back to the patterns that the mind is creating. So, um, you're going to change the wiring, right? Yes. So what I kept praying for is there has to be a massage for the mind. Mm. And I wasn't just praying Mm. for this for my clients. I was praying for this for myself. And even though I was, you know, doing a lot of meditation and prayer, I I still, when I would get into those contracted places in my mind, I could not easily release them. And so I I really was praying for that a lot. Um, And then later, years later, I'll just tell you, the first time I heard about laughter yoga, I was on a plane to India to see my spiritual teacher. And there was an article about a group of people that wake up every day and greet the day with laughter. And I thought that is amazing. And I actually looked for the club and I didn't find it. And then, um, and they were based in India as well. Yeah. So they were in Mumbai and Uh I had a layover there. So Mm -hmm. I looked for it in the morning, but I couldn't find it. And then I went on my way to South India where I proceeded to do a lot of purification and deep healing. And I think I really wasn't ready for the laughter yet because I had to purify a lot first. Mm -hmm. Um, that said, I feel like that's the way I try to present the laughter now is as healing and not just what is kind of a mechanical laughter experience. Anyway, um, what happened is I had a friend who was diagnosed with cancer for the fourth time who lived in the community in South India where I lived. And um, she had to go back to France to get chemotherapy. And I suggested to her that I could get a group of people together to pray for her every day. And she said, no, if you get a group of people together, I know they're going to worry. She said, even if they pray, I know they're going to pray with worry and I don't want to have any negative energy. Mm. So she said, if you get a group of people together, can you just ask them to laugh for me? I mean, anyway, we were doing so much prayer, but she just said, I just need those positive vibrations. Can you just please do that? Was that intuitive on her part or was she aware of this type of healing already? She both. It's an interesting request. Yes. And what's interesting is that she was, yeah, lung cancer and and studies, so many studies have shown that cancer is coming from a lack of oxygen to the cells, which is actually what laughter, one of the things that it remediates. So, yeah, that's actually what she really needed in her life. Unfortunately, she was gone, but we were sending that to her and we were the ones who were benefiting from Mm. it so much so the group just grew and grew this circle every day after lunch i would go around and ask who wants to laugh for her and because it was for somebody people were willing to do it and we would all get so happy and it would just spread this joy would spread in our community we would walk away and everybody's like wow why are you so happy and it was just i mean we were just getting in a circle and one person would make a silly laugh and we would all copy it and then just also to see your Friends and colleagues were always so serious, spiritual seekers being a little silly and loosening up was so 
relief, so much of a relief. Wait, yeah. spiritual people being too serious? Exactly. exactly. I can't even imagine. Exactly. You know, it reminds me even. Lighten of, up, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And but I, all the spiritual teachers, they show this laughter is, you know, this bliss is the base. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. So the, the it's funny that we lose that somewhere along the way. We mm-hmm. really, yeah. we forget to laugh. Yeah, we forget sure. to be open. And we forget to be like the childlike innocence and the bliss. That's, yeah, it's amazing because yeah. even as you're talking about it, it sounds so obvious and so simple. And yet, you know, I think about, you know, um, earlier uh, on my, in my own spiritual, uh, on my own spiritual path when I first encountered the Dalai Lama and how much he giggled. And it disoriented me, and and it struck me that I really needed to pay attention. It was something that was unexpected and noticeable, which, you know, why should it be? It's laughter. You'd think it was one of the basic Mm -hmm. sort of human reflexive responses that we have. Mm -hmm. But I had to really take note Mm -hmm. of the levity and that he really took, like, the Mm -hmm. preciousness out of – and some great gurus that I've been around. They take the sort of the the sacredness, the sanctity out of, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that we bang our heads against to try to (laughs) learn and process and grow Mm -hmm. and meditate and you know wait did did that happen when you were sitting on the hilltop with him and you're like i know it's just you and me but you're giggling a lot am i that funny (laughs) yeah exactly i just thought it was all about the jokes that i was telling him yeah um yeah they say the funniest thing about humans is how seriously we take ourselves Mm, that's good i like that that's good. Yeah. But yeah. what you were saying is that it's such a natural, it should be such a natural thing. You and what's think. interesting is that laughter is actually the expression of the heart. So when you're in touch with your heart, you're in touch with your laughter because it's just a natural expression. So what does that say so, about people that don't laugh? Exactly. But it's the whole culture. Our mm. whole culture is actually in this contracted, serious state. Um, my spiritual teacher says that seriousness is a contagious disease Mm. and i feel like Mm. the whole western culture almost has caught it i definitely Mm -hmm. had contracted it and i'm trying to still recover from it and we all you know have to be careful to not get caught into the negative spiral that's happening and it's it's happening on purpose actually through the media and through a lot of things because there's actually a lot of people that are invested in us not being happy because oh, yeah. then they can sell us more things mm-hmm. and more drugs, drugs and, and the pharmaceutical companies more. and the commercial mm-hmm. industries are very invested in us not knowing that we can easily be happy mm-hmm. on our own. And we're more controllable, I think, when we're um, when we're in serious fear. than when right. we're like when we're so in fear than when we're And so many studies have shown right, right that yeah. part of the brain mm-hmm. that just that reptilian part of the brain gets activated. Yeah. So in, in the me too thing, I just want to bring it up now because in the me too thing, you have to think about it is that most men probably are coming from that reptilian part of the brain coming from that closed hearted. Okay. Sorry. Most men. Oh my God. Did I just say that on national television? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) On behalf of men. Whoever had anything to do with the other end of the me too's, that's who I'm talking (laughs) about. Yeah. Just as a generalization. I'm talking about a general, an overgeneralization of the masculine, um, which is very out of balance in the world today, which is coming across as the destruction of our mother earth um coming across as the destruction of the waters of the women of the animals of Mm -hmm. everything that has to do with the heart so um yeah so i would say that's the part of the brain that is the reptilian part and also not at all the heart so when when this laughter healing started with the me too i thought wow this is really interesting what's the connection and then i can see well the connection is what's missing from that end of the spectrum was the heart yeah because nobody in their heart would ever do anything like that yeah so it's really about how can we awaken our heart and how can we awaken that that feminine Mm -hmm. which is the right side of the brain Mm -hmm. which is that open intuitive creative and all of that is actually um awakened through laughter and it operates at a higher vibration we talked a higher vibration it is and that's this is a whole other topic for we could have you back for five other shows that sort of you know um this this topic infuses a lot of what we talk about which is generally speaking we're at such an important um, I don't know, precipice right now uh, between heart and mind, love and fear, male and female, low vibration, high vibration. Everything is coming to such a crescendo and it's more important than ever. So I believe, you know, that's why I think Yay. it's also damn loud and painful. 
you know, so, um, but getting back to your version of it and the idea of laughter. Yeah. How did you um, first have your your first experience where you laughed enough? Yeah. So, um, yeah, actually something happened in my life. And again, I've been doing healing and manifestation, all kinds of wonderful things. What's going on over there in the engineering? We're all good. No, we're just, we <laughs> just communicate. Just once in a while, yeah. We just check in with each yeah, other. It's, it's all um, good. It's so you don't have to worry about it. So That's right. Keep, yeah. We're with so, you. So, um, yeah, I actually had something happen in my life that was very shocking and very disturbing. And I was quite shooken up by it. <clears throat> and I spoke to my spiritual teacher about it, who's my mysterious mystical spiritual teacher. Yeah, I want one of those. And um, she told me that it happened because a part of my mind unknown to me was a little depressed and that that was attracting a negative response. So I said, well, what do I do about that? And she said, just bring more awareness. So I kind of went on this quest. Wow, there's a part of my mind that's, you know, and I started like, even I was massaging my head and I noticed, oh, my head is a little depressed in a few spots here. And I, mm. you know, and I just was looking, what what's the part of my mind that's unknown to me that's depressed? And finally, I realized that it was my seriousness, my really subconscious, deep, you know, as my default, my default was serious. Mm -hmm. My default was stress. Mm -hmm. And this is a habit and a pattern that most of us have. Mm -hmm. I totally understand. I share um, that with you. Yeah. So when I realized that I remembered the laughter circle, you know, that we did. And I, I also, she also told me that year that I should start teaching and I didn't know what I would start teaching. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, maybe I'll start teaching laughter healing. And the second that I thought it, it actually all came to me. Oh, we can laugh at our fears. We can laugh at our mistakes. We can laugh to celebrate. We can laugh as the animals in nature. We can laugh like laughter is life and expression of the heart. So it's, I don't know, suddenly it all just came to me and I started laughing a lot. And there's more to come after a commercial. Ha ha ha. That's right. That's a great segue. Good job. You're going to be our laughter specialist. So, um, so yeah. And just a point that you brought up, you said to me today, most heart attacks happen at 9 a.m. Monday morning because the heart just can't take the stress of work anymore. So we all need some laughter. And so when we come back, we're going to do a laughter exercise. You're listening to The Robin Callie Show. We do this every Tuesday night. 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.myc. We'll be right back. And welcome back, everybody, to The Rob and Callie Show. We are here with Ambujam Lakshmi, who is a laughter healer practitioner. I might have made up that title, but I'm pretty close, right? Mm -hmm. You can make it. Um, and we're talking right. about the power of laughter and just literally how laughter is medicine. So before the break, we got a little bit of a sense of your trajectory and what brought you here, The um, at least the uh, abridged version. Mm -hmm. um, what we'd love to hear from you now is if you could speak to the different types of laughter and people's relationship with laughter because as you kind of alluded to and even during the break that some of us are afraid of it or have been shamed by being laughed at and being the recipient of it we grow up with all different relationships with with laughter so does that sort of muddy our you know our does that muddy the waters for how receptive we are to this kind of therapy i think so i think people are actually very uh inhibit inhibited to laugh and um, especially to come to a laughter session, people, some things I've heard is people feel like it's, it's fake and they don't mm -hmm. want to fake laughter. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that it's not actually fake because you're just kind of pumping the heart. It's the expression mm -hmm. of the heart and you kind of need to prime it because we're not used to it. So we're so used to our negative habits and we're not used to making positive habits. So just like if you'd never exercise and you need to start exercising. Yeah, first when you go running or even walking, you know, speed walking or something, it's going to be hard and you don't feel like doing it, but you do it and then you feel a lot better. Yeah, the muscles need to, need to get lubed up a little bit. So that that has to do with, but also bliss is our true nature and we've mm. forgotten that. So it's not, it's actually getting closer to your truth than it is being fake so it's not actually artificial yeah but then yeah yeah sorry 
Did no, you something you had mentioned is that some people are afraid of laughing and um, some people have been shamed. Like you said, a lot of people have been shamed. We can do a me too of, of that for mm, sure. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I've been shamed with laughter. Even if sometimes when you hear laughter, sometimes people think, oh, are they laughing at me? And it's really interesting because it's like it takes your power away. But actually, when you learn to laugh at yourself, you actually can take your power back. Yeah. When you can learn to just be happy as you are, you don't worry about what other people are thinking. Um yeah, what, what did I'm you always say, proud right? of myself when I laugh at myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I'm, you know, like if I'm like dumbass or, you know, just, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? You know? And I just, I, I think it's such spiritual progress for me just as a human being where I'm like, yeah, I can laugh at myself and not yeah. take myself so yeah. seriously. Or with yourself when you crack yourself up. Yeah. Didn't we just talk about that? Like sometimes we've, yeah, know, joke or that we crack ourselves up or we're our own best company. Yeah. You know, it's kind of yeah. the yeah. opposite side I, of that. I actually do. I'm like, I'm like, Dude, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that quote. They, um, they yeah. who laugh at themselves will never cease to be amused. Say it one There's more time. There's a quote. It's he who laughs at himself or she who laughs at herself will never cease to be amused. Yeah, we're all a go. joke. So, we're all just a freaking joke anyway. I'm, I'm yeah. always amused. And our seriousness There's always is something a joke. to find amusing. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there, I, there are like three types of laughter, which is um, what my spiritual teacher, Amma, says, which is the first type of laughter is the most common which is laughing at others. So you find that in comedies, which is why there's a lot of negative actual impact from laughter, um, making fun of others, and in school, as kids. And then the second type of laughter, which she says we have to do more of, is laughing at ourselves, Mm. laughing at our own mistakes. But we don't have to do this in a bad way. We can do it with gentleness, like you would like a child who's making mistakes. Um, And then the third type of laughter is laughing with the bliss of the divine play, which is this creation is actually, first of all, a mirror of our own mind, which is really funny if you realize that. Um, But as we can laugh at ourselves, it loosens the grip of the ego, which is what's keeping us disconnected from everything else. That's our dinosaur brain, is our our reptilian brain, is our ego. Yeah. Right? So as we laugh at ourselves, we open back up to the celebration of creation and then we can actually really have something to laugh about. But we can start with just laughing at ourselves. So maybe right now we can all just <laughs> just point at yourself. <laughs> point at- <laughs> no, it's not you, it's me. Point at yourself and laugh. <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? It does feel Take good. Take the responsibility. It does. And it, feels, yeah. and it feels ridiculous. And it feels ridiculous yeah, and funny. And it's and ridiculous. Little, yeah. It's, I, I've, yeah. Done, I, I've been to... Um, I've been in different, you know, um, uh, retreats and meditation classes and encountered some of these laughing classes before where it was sort of, um, I didn't do it exactly voluntarily. It just kind of came up in the class and I was like, oh shit, really? This feels so Mm -hmm. silly and so uncomfortable. But it really is a contagious thing. Mm -hmm. There's a healer also, not to digress too much, but uh, Rob Organ, who I've talked about on the show, I'd love to have him as a guest. He's an amazing healer. And each time that I've gone to his, um, the public sessions where there's like maybe up to 80 to 100 people in the room, some people people when they start having experiences based on his healing and working on them start cracking up or mm-hmm. crying or moaning mm-hmm. or lots of you know um, mm-hmm. releases but mm-hmm. the lap but the ones that start laughing start everyone else starts chuckling and mm-hmm. giggling and yeah you know they say laughter is more contagious than yawning yeah it's and amazing it's oh, there's, so there, yeah. there are these mirror neurons in your brain that actually your body is always trying to bring you back into homeostasis and since bliss is our true nature which is why babies are in that more. They say children laugh hundreds of times a day. Mm. Um, These mirror neurons, when they see somebody else genuinely laughing, they just immediately go, ah, that's where I'm trying to go. And they just match up. And that's why, yeah. Well, you remember when we were kids and you'd be hanging out with your friends? I know, Callie. It was a while ago. But let's, let's, try and, let's try and reconnect with your childhood. <laughs> you're Remember right. when you were hanging out with friends and you just start laughing as kids? And then it was contagious. And all of a sudden, you're like just laughing on the ground. Oh my, yeah. And it was just so great. Or if I tap my sister and I in the backseat of our car would have these giggle attacks. We could still, it still happens every once in a while as adults. Yeah. There's just this weird thing that just happens and you're not conscious of why or what triggers it, but it's, it feels good. Yeah. yeah. So take us to the next, what's the next level? 
after we're able to point at ourselves on Facebook Live and laugh at ourselves. Yeah. So <clears throat> what is the next level? So I thought we could do a little exercise to laugh at our mistakes. So we'll just turn to our left and look over our shoulder and imagine all the mistakes. You guys can do this at home, whoever's watching. Imagine all the mistakes you've made in the past. There's a lot of them. And then you can even use your arm to point like this. And just turn and laugh at them and really laugh with love like you would like you would a child who keeps making the same mistake. Do it with love. <laughs> laugh them off because you've been carrying this in your aura for so long. You've been carrying this as a burden. Laugh it off. It's okay. Let yourself know it's okay. <laughs> Laughter is a signal that danger is over. Laugh at it's it. It's all right, dumbass. <laughs> it's over. It's behind you. And then it's come right, back to dude. center and then and you can realize that it's because of all these mistakes that you've made in the past that you've made it to this amazing beauty of this present moment. So there's a quote from the Buddha, which is, as when you realize how perfect it really all is, you will tilt your head back at the sky and laugh. So what we're going to do is because motion creates emotion, this, this bypasses your mind because we're just going to pretend for one minute or less, that we realize how perfect it really all is. So you guys can do this too. Just throw your arms back up at the sky and laugh. <laughs> All right, now I have to say I'm gonna I'm gonna confess that feels I'm in such a good mood. Let's get out of here. All right, well I'm gonna be uh, so I'm gonna say that that feels a little forced to me. Yeah, I that's appreciate a little it. forced. And we're I, priming and I, the pump very okay, fast. So it's okay to that still was, force it. Is that yeah, still? It doesn't okay. matter. It's not no, counterproductive. It's okay. okay. No, because we're just priming the pump. Okay. The more you laugh, it's like you're not used to laughing, so it's not going so quickly. It's just like that. It's, it's just like, kind of on command. It yeah, feels a little it's on forced, command. You know? Exactly. Now, I could lead you through a visualization meditation that will be easier. So maybe I'll do that after this exercise finishes. Let's turn to the right okay. and face your future. And in your future, what are you going to see? All the mistakes that you're going to make. Hey, future. Okay. Oh, and good what we're going to do is, going to make? yeah, oh, okay. because we want it to be perfect, but no, it's going to be full of mistakes. Okay. Right. So we're going to send humor ahead to our future so that hopefully when we make these mistakes, we can <laughs> laugh about them at least. So just go ahead and turn to your right and laugh at your mistakes. <laughs> You're going to do that again? Uh, you didn't think you'd make mistakes. It's all right. Go ahead and make mistakes. <laughs> okay. And then come back to center. And then we realize that, oh my God, if we're making mistakes in the past, we're making mistakes in the future and everybody's making them, everybody, then, okay, that's just what we do. We're human beings. You know, we're like kids who are growing up to be adults who want to be adults already. We want to be perfect already, but we're not yet. We're growing into that. And the way that we actually get there is by accepting ourselves and by accepting others. And that acceptance comes with the open heart, which laughter helps to foster. So if we can just start laughing at ourselves more, we can accept our mistakes more. So... um Let's close our eyes. Okay. Close our, our eyes are eyes. closed. And try to remember that time in your childhood that Rob was just bringing up when you felt so carefree and happy. And the audience at home can do this too. Take a deep breath. Feel your heart. And just say hello to your heart. You can giggle into your heart. And tickle it a little bit to awaken it with a giggle. Say hello with a giggle. Laughter is the language of the heart. So just say hello. Hello, heart. Say hello with laughter like this with a little giggle. (laughs) 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 It's your giggles that are making me giggle. I hope that still works. Yeah, it's great. It's contagious. That's how it works. 
And then you can say hello as the child that's awakening through this opening of the heart, this child who's been waiting in there to play for so long, that creative aspect of you. You can say hello as the child, again, with the language of the heart, which is laughter. So <laughs> Start with a giggle. <laughs> and children like to play, so you can get creative with the sounds of it. <laughs> and you can use the sound ha. The sound ha is ha. the sound of the heart chakra, and it's also <laughs> stimulates the thymus. So, yeah, use the sound ha to ha. say ha. hello ha. back and forth ha. to the child. Ha. 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 You can take a deep breath and exhale into ha. Ha. <laughs> you have a lot of laughs. You have a lot of really good nuances well, to your laughs. Practicing that's a while. Like a good, you're like a professional you laugher. Your inner laugher. I'm just starting. I'm just getting started. It's really, it's like uh, a whole language, a whole music. There's so much. And it's funny because people always laugh the same way. Even if mm. we laugh 20 times a day or 50 times a day, which is still low compared to how many times kids laugh, it's always the same. So it's really that good to so play true. with this That's and get so creative. Because they even talk about, I'm thinking of my brother-in-law who has a wonderful and very distinctive laugh, but it's super consistent. And when you talk about people's laughs, it's like, oh, he's got this laugh, she's got this laugh, as if it is one laugh. Mm-hmm. So when and I've noticed in different cultures, different people laugh differently. Like American men laugh like, <laughs> like that, like it's so hard for oh, the like heart just a sh- to just to open up. It's like just, in little it's fits like and starts. Yeah. Wow. And wow. Whereas Indian men, it's more like a little bit fluid. Oh, like that's a river. interesting. So, noticed, so it's a cultural. I've noticed reflection of cultural reflections. Like who, for sure. Regardless, or depending on how open, how in touch they are with their with their heart energy. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is really interesting. This is a first for us. I think there is a whole new language here that we need to really get in, out into the into the main a little bit more. I think you're really onto something here. This is very interesting, and I know you didn't need me to give you permission to do that, but it's just I'll really it's it. it's Yay! resonating. And so when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about different ways that we can incorporate laughter into our daily lives to open our hearts up and get us closer to our bliss. We'll be right back. Yay. And welcome back, everybody, to the Robin Callie Show here on talkradio.nyc and live on Facebook Live. We are here with our guest tonight, Amujam Lakshmi, who is a laughter healer, practitioner, Mm -hmm. expert, teaching us about just the value of laughter. I mean, when do you even really... How, you know, how often are any of us in places where we're actively even talking about the concept of laughter? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I know people I was thinking earlier today, um, knowing that you're going to be here, how one of the times where I hear that most often referred to is when somebody's um, like on a dating site or when I'm talking to someone about what they're looking for in their mate. And when they always say, oh, I hope, you know, I want him or her to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's always been it's it's such an, an intrinsic, obvious thing that I don't even go out of my way to say it. And you don't hear people talking about laughter. Mm-hmm. You know, it just feels like it's, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because it's buried. I don't know. This to me gives a whole new sort of place and a platform to laughter. I think laughter, mm-hmm. laughter is the new black, right? I think laughter needs to be the new black. That's right. right. You got to bring laughter like laughter back. needs to be laughter the mainstream yes. public needs yes. to laugh more. Yeah. So we are providing a service tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Right. So maybe you can suggest some basic things like let's talk about the person who maybe has trouble laughing. What could you suggest to them just to start off to just get some laughs? Well, what I learned when I started doing this laughter therapy is that the time to laugh is not actually when you feel like laughing. The time to laugh is when you don't feel like mm-hmm. laughing. So normally in our lives, we're so dependent on something funny happening in order to laugh. Like a woman saying, oh, I want him to make me laugh. Like we don't actually need someone to make us laugh. We can actually learn to start finding humor ourselves. And it starts with actually laughing first. That's what's, 
I know it's really hard for people to get. Yeah, it's a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift. And it's deciding that you're going to choose to be happy no matter what. And you're going to that what happens when you laugh is it creates so many happy hormones and endorphins that it bypasses your mind. It bridges your two hemispheres of your brain together and it makes you feel that same feeling like when you get a joke that makes you laugh, mm. you feel that when you actually start to laugh. So so how do you do that then? What's so the best way what, to do it? What I suggest doing, um, especially on your own, is giggling just to start. Because giggling is so easy, you can't actually fake a giggle. I invite anyone who's listening to just try to fake a giggle. Just fake it. Go ahead. Fake a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got fake people it. in all parts we've of the office here, the like studio. peeking out, and now we're laughing at ourselves. It's laughing. a giggleathon. <laughs> when you laugh, the whole world laughs with you. Look, we're attracting laughter. It's great. I know, and but lots did of you... more people that I've ever seen. In I've this never studio. like a busload of people on. have just stopped I mean, off for Noreen's know, show after our show. <laughs> I, I mean, are you having a party or a show, or is it both? Like, what is going on with you? Okay. Anyway, so keep going. So keep going. We've only got a few more minutes so um so i would say start with giggling um another thing i would say is try in general to find the humor in situations that it's not normally there so charlie chaplin said the secret to good comedy is to take your pain and play with it so if you have pain you have material for comedy so this is the same if you have pain you have what Mm -hmm. you can feel you can heal what you can what you can feel you can laugh at So um, what I came up with to help me is something that I actually um, learned from a friend who, whenever something was annoying, she wouldn't say it's annoying. She would say, isn't it funny that this or this person who was annoying, she would say, oh, they're so funny. Hmm. So I came up with this, isn't it funny as a reframe to almost anything that you find annoying or challenging. Mm. You can just change it to, isn't it funny that... Um, I can't actually think right now because there's 20 people standing behind me. <laughs> and our next host is cracking up I behind you. I know what I'm talking about. Um, so you're saying anytime just sort of uh, pinpoint those moments, just be mindful of a moment when you might be pissed off or annoyed by something and reframe it in your... Reframe it in your inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. Reframe it in your outer dialogue. And that much will take the contraction. She's making a lot of noise. Take the take you out of the contraction into a neutral at least it it helps to disengage that charge right it puts you into a neutral and it gives you a witness perspective Mm. because when you laugh at something you witness it and funny is neutral funny is not you're not a victim anymore Mm. it's when it's funny Mm -hmm. that's a choice it's a it's a decision it's just like you don't understand it and you're fine with it you know it's funny isn't it funny that that's happening right now mm-hmm. just <laughs> you, a way to kind of change the yeah, filter without the, the perspective judgment. yeah yes. take the judgment yes. away so that's something that's a good way to start mm. and then if you can start of course practicing with smiling meditation smiling is harder to fake though than a giggle so i always say giggle and if you want when you're walking down the street if you have like a kind of inner giggle even because we have an inner dialogue and our inner dialogue is oftentimes negative or worried or anxious. So if you can just start to giggle at your thoughts, it can already start to change. So there's a quote from the Chinese poet philosopher Lao Tzu, which is, as soon as you've made a thought, laugh at it. Mm. So that's something that you can already start practicing with yourself. Beyond that, I, I really suggest getting together with friends and just trying to laugh for at least 10 minutes together. And if it's making, you know, silly laughs and each other copying it, anything, there's so much that you can do. So again, it doesn't have to be prompted by watching a comedy together. It can just be because you'll feeling, probably find different, just did, different just... comedies funny even. But yeah, if you can find a good comedy that you can laugh with, But it could also be that um, it could also be that you just decide you're going to do this exercise. And even if it feels mechanical or a little and you do it as an exercise, keep doing it for your body, mind and spirit. Uh And you feel and the ancient Greeks believe that the purpose of circulation was to rid the body of any unloving emotions Mm. and that laughter is the way to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went out. Last week, I went out with the boys, and it was a bunch of my buddies who had not gotten together in a long time. Everybody's got married, has kids, and one of our buddies is moving back to Ireland, Irish Danny. He's moving back to Ireland. So we had like a a farewell dinner, and we all laughed so much. I mean, we went 
to barbecue and then a dessert place afterwards. And we were hanging out there for an hour, just laughing so much. Just even the stories were even as important as just all of us being together and our energy together. We can just laugh, looking at each other and talking about yeah. just basic stuff. It was great. And you feel it probably. You walked away feeling it, like carrying oh it with you in yeah, your body. Even right? into the next day, yeah. you know, and like we had a group text going and everything. And one of the guys is like, his stomach hurts because he was laughing yeah. so much. Oh, I love and it's that. like, it's so yeah, great. Laugh till I it love hurts. when that happens. Yeah. Do you think that some people, without getting too in the weeds in our remaining minutes, because I'd like to talk about a few more takeaways we can offer up. Yeah, because we um, only have three um, minutes. Okay. But uh, do do you think that, um, because people have different personalities, and like you established earlier, some of us are more predisposed to natural uh, laughter and have kind of maybe more, are more light-spirited inherently than others are. Does that mean that it might be harder for certain people to do this exercise, or can everybody kind of do it on command equally? I think, of course, it's more difficult for some people. And I think that the people that it's more difficult for need it more. So mm -hmm. it's like some people are naturally flexible, but that doesn't mean that other people shouldn't stretch. So, I mean, like I can say for myself, I really needed it more because it wasn't so easy for mm -hmm. me. In fact, I my laughter for many years, I was too shy to laugh because of my teeth. And I was also found that I when I would laugh there was no sound I would mm. actually inhale when I laughed oh, wow. you know so it's it's all about opening the heart okay so we have two minutes so, so. in those two minutes so and to not to cut off your point so um, basically everybody try to laugh more whether it, even if it's on command try to incorporate it into your day um, do it like an exercise to start with like a and, meditation or yeah. like you're stretching stretch yeah. your heart muscles people yeah where can and people do it yeah go ahead finish no. your thought um, there's an ancient Buddhist practice, which is to wake up and greet the day with a belly laughter, mm. like, wow, I'm still alive. So I do recommend doing something in the morning to get your gratitude and your, <clears throat> get your smile your on and giggling moving. helps. I'm yeah. telling you. So, so where can people learn more about you? So I have a website, which is, I, I'm just keep making a different website, but it's laughterpower.com because it's all about empowering yourself with joy Actually, your power center is the solar plexus. And in order to be in your power, you need to be in your joy. So if you're in your power and you're not in your joy, you're not really in your power. And what's the so, event that you have going on while you're here? Oh, yeah. And I have a class two days from now on Thursday at ACA Galleries, Laughter Healing. Here in New um, York City. Here in New York City at 7 o'clock. And uh, yeah. That's you great. Everybody's where you can get tickets at Eventbrite. It's Laughter Healing at ACA Galleries on Thursday, Excellent. 7 o'clock. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on thank the show. You, thank you, Abhijan. So Abhijan, thank you for helping yeah. us laugh. We had some good giggles and just tonight. Bring, it brings such a great awareness to something that you're not that conscious of every yeah. day. We're often. not conscious of it. And as we uplift our vibration and become more conscious, then everything in our life starts yeah, to become lighter yeah. and brighter. Yeah, so thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so yeah. much for being on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take thank care, y'all. Thank you.